Welcome to episode 12 of Crossword, Perspectives on WordPress and the Open Web. I'm Jonathan. Hi, I'm Luke. How's it going, Jonathan? It's going well, quarantine. Uh, Self-isolation. Going on to week two so far, and uh, it's all right. I can't really complain, but I sometimes think I'm gaining weight. That oh, yeah. sucks. Me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like we've been practicing, you know, we're, we've been working remotely for so long. Yeah. This isn't that much for change, really, except it, that the kids are home. The kids are home and we're not supposed to leave, which for me kind of sucks because mm. I normally love being at home. But this idea that you're, I, I'm not supposed to go out now and I want to respect that and follow the rules. So it's like, ah, it stinks. Anyway, could be a lot worse. Well, we're marking this as the end of this first season. It's been a lot Episode of fun. 12. It's We've been fun. We've covered a lot. Our technology's improved a bit. I've also enjoyed some of the guests that we've had. All of the guests, in fact. So our idea for this episode and was to talk about potential topics that we could cover in another season to first check and see what our level of interest was in those topics and then second to see if anyone else shared that interest. Would folks like us to do another season are these topics that... Um, and, and one of the things that we talked about, so far we focused mostly on current news. And we've had a few that have been more evergreen, if you will. And the idea that we talked about not too long ago was to explore like going deeper into some quote unquote evergreen topics. So I've got a list of topics here. You've given me some, but some of these you haven't heard yet. I thought it might be fun to talk through them. Yeah. So this is just exploring. Here are some like really big, broad, wide ranging WordPress topics, open web topics, maybe even. Uh, yeah. Which of these strike a chord? Uh, exactly. If you have any thoughts, let us know on Twitter. Do you want to mention our website? Crossword.fm. Have you actually finished the website <laughs> like you're supposed to? <laughs> no. no. I set up most of it. It's only the finishing touches I left for you. Yes. All right. I, I've shown it off to people. And they're like, wow, this is really cool. You don't, I, I got to finish that part off. But Yeah. All right, so what's the first topic? <laughs> All right, so of the things that we could talk about in our next season, whenever that is. Um, so in no particular order, localization. Okay. Sort of looking at the current state of localization in WordPress. If we're going to democratize, to democratize something, especially within a global context, it being localized, it being available in a local in different languages is actually, and so I'm I'm referring specifically to the language aspect of things. So there's two aspects to this, right? When we talk about localization or translation, internationalization, there's what does the WordPress admin language do? Yep. And I feel like in the last few years, WordPress has made giant strides forward. It's probably the best platform in the world at handling yeah. localization in the admin. And I don't know of anybody calling for improvements there because it's so damn good. Uh, I can't imagine right now how it could get much better. However, there's the other aspect to localization, which is translating the content that you, you produce in the CMS into multiple languages. There is another aspect of it as well. WordPress admin, sure. 
WordPress is much more though than the core software. There's the entire ecosystem of plugins and themes and everything else around it, right? And how do you make that more accessible? Because a lot of the work, rightly so, goes into the core project. But if you're going to go beyond what WordPress gives you out of the box, suddenly most of it's primarily English. And there, there, uh, there's definitely a lot of really positive things to say. It's not a done work, though. And I've been at some of the WordCamps where folks have brought up localization issues that, for me, as a native English speaker, surprise me. It's a blind spot, right? I've developed some sensitivity to it over the years, especially as I've worked to learn other languages. Right. It's an area, though, that, you know, isn't something that's top of mind for people who English is their first language. We do have a really, really good interface for allowing community contributions right we used to rely yep. on the author to provide of the plugin to provide a translation now we rely on the users of the plugin to provide a translation in addition which is fantastic because it means that uh, anyone can contribute to a plugin uh, and all you need to do is speak the language and there's a whole moderation process involved and it yep. all works really nicely unfortunately where, we, where you run into problems there is that every time you release a plugin update, you got new strings and you got changed yes. things. And yes. for plugin authors of you know small to medium plugins, anything you know less than a hundred thousand installs, it's just so much effort and maybe too much effort to keep constantly updating all of your trans. You might have twenty translations. Keeping what them if all there was a today. way to facilitate that? What if it were gamified in some ways? Like what if there was someone who knows that language and they get a little notification like, hey, there's some fresh strings. Have you, are you looking for ways to contribute to this community? Here, let's make it really easy for you to know that there's opportunities. Um, so go ahead. Uh, do you know about the project that I'm working on? I, I feel like you're sort of hinting at it, but. No, I, uh, no, I don't. Uh, so I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because I've been working on specifically that problem with a couple of friends. And ah. we've got a really good solution and it works really nicely. And we're just figuring out how to shape that into a brand and how to offer that um, uh, as, a, as a, like a paid service. Nice. But I'm not ready to announce anything. So put a cap on localization is interesting. I'd love to see us bring in some experts on the topic. And just like, I think I th see a few things. One, a current state to just sort of shine some awareness on it for those who don't think about localization or internationalization. And then two, to talk about where the opportunity is and what, what are some of the challenges in the space. So there's a potential topic set we could dig into. I'd really love to dive a little deeper into a topic that you almost brought up just now, which is the intersection of open source and commercial. Ah, is that yes. on your list? It is, yes. Yeah, so that's like a really interesting space. How can plugins, themes, adjacent services monetize? And we know it can be done because there are so many uh, really great businesses built around WordPress, plugin businesses, yep. hosting businesses, automatic. Uh, and you know, what does that look like? What is allowed these sort of unwritten laws that you yeah. need to abide by. There are also things that I, I noticed that when you come out from outside the world of open source, you can have some great ideas that you're bringing to the table and really struggle. And I, I, as someone who's been in it, will struggle to articulate sometimes. Like, what is it about this that doesn't make sense? Like, why is that a bad idea? 
I think there's a lot to unpack there. At WooCommerce, like we experienced this firsthand, right? Where we're built, there's this tension of like, how much do you invest in the open source project itself versus like, you know, all the other aspects of it when revenue monetization comes in. There's a tension there that's even hard for those who have been in it for a long time, especially as your team grows and you bring in more and people are asking bigger questions. So commercialization or monetization in open source, I, that's definitely a topic that I think could both, um, we could unpack from a number of perspectives, but it has some long-term value. I think there's some principles there that can be unpacked that can be useful and also a lot of expertise that can be drawn from. Topic three. Topic three, no, again, no particular order. Uh, I think hosting is really interesting to talk about, the hosting space. We've seen a lot of change and a lot that hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. How about the uh, trend of consolidation? I yes. really think that we it hasn't started yet unless you count the flywheel acquisition, sure. which you should. Uh, but I really think that we're heading towards more smaller hosts being bought up by larger ones yep. or smaller hosts just becoming defunct because the larger ones offer a platform that smaller yes. ones can't compete with. At the same with. time, the barrier of entry to start a like really high quality host is dropping. Like what? Well, that's true. So there's this opportunity for like the, the, a lot of hosting is just sort of dying, going by the wayside. Not in terms of the need for it, but in terms of like you know, for a lot of folks, like CPanel is not cutting it anymore. Right. right. So there is both the consolidation happening, and there's also more opportunity than ever to say, hey, I want to start. A more of a, think of it more like a platform service for a particular market, and a, and hosting is an important aspect of that, and the ability to do that well is becoming much more accessible. Yeah, as as companies like GoDaddy and WP Engine become more market dominant, which I, I believe they are becoming, their primary competitors are going to be less the Pagelys of the world, yep. and more the spin up WPs. You know, yep. more the DIY self-host on DigitalOcean solutions. Yeah, or those who focus entirely on an integrated solution where, you know, we are we provide this for right. hairdressers. You have a theme, yep. a su suite of plugins, everything is sort of optimized, and, of course, we're hosting it for you. And it's on WordPress, so... Do you think a, that there's, like, a business model to be had around WooCommerce as... You know, a service like here's a host, and all we host is WooCommerce sites, or absolutely all we host and is. I think where that gets especially sites. exciting is within specific verticals, where it's you know, uh, so right now, for instance, a lot of like flea markets and uh, farmers markets are no longer meeting in person. What would it look like to be able to have a WooCommerce set up with multi-vendor and a bunch of configurations where people could? set them up in their local areas to facilitate vendors connecting, right? Like there's, and you could have a hosted service that just provided that to locales around the world. A lot of opportunity, I think, in that space. Yeah, especially as the world is about to, I think, move towards preferencing local and small businesses. Ah, I think that yes. there could be a lot of opportunity there for yes. people who want to get involved. And a lot of opportunity for people doing the same thing, uh, you know, competing with the same sort of value proposition, but in different markets. Yes. 
So hosting as a topic, I think there's there's some interesting principles that I think could be unpacked there. There is a related topic, but you just gave a segue that I want to jump into, which is something we've touched on a little bit, virtual events. Oh, yeah. And within the, so I think I'd love to talk more about virtual events. And for me, something that's especially interesting is like virtual and local, this combination of like right now, especially uh, how do you promote community? How do you nurture and, and encourage community in a context where you maybe can't meet physically? That shouldn't, that doesn't have to be a barrier to community and connection. Can I tell you a story? And I want to get your reaction on this. I mean, yeah. My wife bought a dress online mm. from someone that she knows. I said, oh, that's good that, you know, you know this person and you're buying locally. I think that we need more of that buying locally now more than ever to support yeah. businesses, small businesses that are really struggling with COVID-19. COVID and she said, yeah, like I, I agree that we need to support small businesses now more than ever. And you're right, she is my friend, but she's not local. She lives in the United States. You know, we're in Australia. Mm. And that made me think, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for small business globally. Maybe this is an opportunity to see more globalization and a, a opportunity for the little guys, you know, to take a little bit of the pie away mm. from the big players. I think there's there's opportunity for both. And the I, I, in an ideal world you're able being online you're able to get some of that value of global connection I, as more people do that though it's easier to get lost in that mix so being grounded locally and that local having those local connections and that local sense of community i, I don't know I, I just think there's a way to do both and like some of the mistakes for instance people would make is to automatically say like we're we're going to build community and it's going to be global and that's, that's just too broad a focus. But if you start locally or on a specific area of interest, you can find, you can find those interests and yeah. I don't know, there's, there's definitely something there. Yeah. So my wife, Talia, she said, well, she's not local, but she is Jewish. So I feel like that's a kind of <laughs> there, local. A, yes. Right? The, you can have cross sections of interest. Yeah. One of my favorite other topics, I, I'd like to. I'd like to explore further this idea of WordPress as an operating system within the context of hosting, for instance, you know, if you take that, that example, hosting can be the hardware for the operating system. Cause you still have to have a thing that you run WordPress on. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting to look, but then to just unpack that again and take a fresh look at, all right, does this fit? How does it not fit? Like where, where are the, where, where, what makes sense about it? Where's the tension lie? And for me, over the years, I've found it to be an increasingly helpful way of looking at things. If you're a SaaS company looking at how to monetize, for instance, it's a helpful lens to evaluate your decision-making through. So I think there's some fresh things that we could unpack about yeah. that, that. I absolutely I agree that it's a helpful lens. When I think about WordPress as an operating system of the web, uh, not the operating system of the web because there are those competitors. Yeah. You know, that's the most attractive option to me from all of those other uh, mm. operating systems, the Facebook operating system, the medium operating system, uh, because 
it's free it's open source it's it's owned there's no you know data that's being stolen and used and using that lens lets us look into things like well what does an operating system do you yeah. know, we need a helpful ui for managing files we need a notification system files is a, a great example in my mind because you can look at it just through the lens of like content management and there's a there's a scope and there's applicability but if you think about it as something that's going to be extended by others and built on top of then you might think of it more holistically you might think about how do we make sure that this is extendable as possible and 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 future proof as possible and yeah so and there's got to be default apps as well you know like every operating system ships with an email application well, yeah you know, email doesn't make sense in this context, but what are the default apps that WordPress should ship with? I can yep. tell you Hello Dolly isn't necessarily a helpful one, but that's that's one that it, it, yeah. it ships with, you know? Yeah. That leads to another topic we could dive into. Um, onboarding. What does it look like when you open the box for WordPress for the first time? What does it look like? So for those of us who've been in it for a long time, you know, there's we sort of already have things that we'll do and things that we're comfortable with and things that we frankly take for granted. What does it look like to work to look at WordPress through the lens of a child using it for the first time? Wow, yeah. Or through someone who just hasn't looked at it before and how do how do we evolve it? Uh, how does how do we how do you make it accessible without taking away its power? There's a lot of tension there. Because a lot of times folks will default to, oh, well, let's take away the options. Let's hide everything. Like, that's not necessarily, that's not it. If you just, just hiding things, it's in a really good game design. They'll often ease you into it. They'll teach you one thing and then show you something else. Right, but the options yeah. are there. So Yep. It's about being contextual. I still mm. think we have something to learn from the operating system model. You know, when you turn a Mac on or a Windows PC on for the first time, you get this beautiful onboarding process where you're greeted and there's the basic setup. And WordPress has some of that, but it really has an opportunity to move to a new level. When I think about like WordPress at its heart for me is about empowering creativity. I remember that first time I opened up a Mac, my first one, and the music played and it said, mm -hmm. welcome. And after this great unboxing experience, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. That resisted for a very long time. And with WordPress, it, it, it's it's different, right? But at the same time, we have that chance to create these wonder-driven experiences. And anyway, I, I'd love to, I think there's a lot to talk about there. And I think we could probably find people who, who share that interest. It could be interesting to explore. The Gutenberg onboarding process right now, I think, is kind of horrible. Mm -hmm. uh, it exists, but almost everybody skips it because it's just... Uh, arrows pointing at different things on the screen that you don't need right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's difficult to process and understand. I know it's being yes. redone or, or is redone in 5.4, but I 5.4 isn't quite out yet. And I don't know if I've had a look, chance to look at that specifically. But yeah, I I'm pretty sure some... at Automatic, I think we're using like bleeding edge versions on some of our internal blogs. Mm -hmm. So I was working in Gutenberg the other day, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is different. This is it was it was like sharper lines, some different colors, oh, yeah. some different contrast." Like and you're using G two, the, the new Gutenberg style. Oh, anyway, I, I like it. Some wow, it's good to see. Now there was one thing that was confusing to me. I didn't know how to move my blocks anymore, so it took <laughs> me a few moments to figure out. I'm like, "I, I want to move this block. What? How do I do it?" And oh, you have to mouse over and 
So anyway, so onboarding, I think, is an interesting topic. Uh, another topic that's it's always interesting to me is just to talk about, we talked about the monetization, but I'd like to talk about just SaaS and mm -hmm. SaaS in the world of WordPress and sort of digging into that a bit as more and more SaaS companies are being built. And it, it's similar to that WordPress as an operating system idea, but to really just sort of talk about SaaS and it could be interesting to get some folks who are steeped into that world and get their perspectives on WordPress and how do they think about the open web, even as they're building something that's proprietary. I think there's, I'm a fan of it. I think there, there are some, there it's, I'm not saying everything should be open source, but I think there should be conscious decisions about what you do and don't. So I think that's an interesting world through which to look at open source. Yes, I have nothing to add. <laughs> um, one of the other ones that we brought up were is looking at the future of themes and global styles. Um, that's something yes. that uh, we've we've dug into it a bit before. It's really interesting to watch what's happening there and the changes. And we've I talked about this on previous episodes. Go ahead. In season one, we've talked a lot about how things are changing so quickly and what are things going to look like in the future and there's uncertainty and how can a theme you know do the job of a theme when the, everything's changing yeah i feel like in the next few months and even now we're starting to get some answers to those questions mm. yeah i think a theme is really just going to be a, you know a set of default styles and a set of block patterns i think that's the next big thing for themers is block patterns and something that hasn't actually been discussed much yet but i feel is inevitable is having default block patterns or starting block patterns for post types so that an agency go, can go oh here's a book review post type yeah. make sure it's got this block block pattern and it's you know locked to the very start of the post and every every post uh, of this post type has to end with this particular you know, block pattern or set yeah. of blocks. I think that that's where WordPress is going and it's really going to change the role of a thema. I wonder if the people creating themes will change or if they'll adapt. Mm -hmm. the, those sorts of questions uh, are going to be interesting as we see the roles of themes changing and we start to get some answers to what themes are going to do and look like so so we're, we call this this podcast crossword and one of the things that resonated with us early on was this idea of perspectives Th i think it'd be really fun to bring in different perspectives on that for instance t bringing themers in taking some of the folks who are steeped deeply into these builders right getting their perspectives and some people are watching some aren't watching and uh, yeah. yeah i think the future of themes from from where we sit right here to me, it feels like, and this is sort of what I'm starting to say to people who are asking about WordPress and themes, and I'm like, it's probably going to be like a top five over the next year or so. Like, we're going to end up with a, a smaller set of themes that are most often used, and you know, which has big pluses. It also has some downsides that are that are possible there. But I think it's a good it's a good topic that can be unpacked. Yes, and on the topic of perspectives, there's one thing that just puzzles me which is the way that elementor just raised a whole ton of money yeah. uh, for page builder which i mean from my perspective is going the way of the dinosaur you know the, 
what's who uses page builders anymore mm-hmm. right that's i mean that's my perspective that's that's my particular angle on the world but that must obviously you know, not be the perspective of so many people and maybe dear listener that's not your perspective i would love yeah. to hear from you but maybe <laughs> we should uh try to get some people who are involved in the page builder non-gutenberg page builder world on the podcast to help explain to me <laughs> what their the value perspective there on is. it yeah yeah. yeah, Divi is another good example. People are still yeah. building on Divi all the time. La- that takes to my last topic. That uh, I, so I talked about in the past this idea of ecosystem plugins, and these entire like sub ecosystems that get built on top of WordPress. And Elementor is a great example. Beaver Builder, Divi. I think that's a really interesting thing to dig deeper into and thinking through the ramifications of it, the value of it, and for some of these like. WordPress as a core project is going to continue to go a direction that it's going to go. And, you know, there there will be sub-ecosystems that are built around shared values, support, mm. what people are used to, like, or particular markets that really just take to it. That's great. And that's perfectly valuable. You'd hope that they all, like the my criticism of Divi for the longest time was its sacrifice of performance ver- yeah. over the user experience, but that user experience focus, man, it made WordPress so much more accessible to a lot of people. And I praise it for that. And it, so it can, it, it, and it's not static. It can continue to get better. So I think it's interesting to talk about at this point with WordPress, as it grows, there are entire sub ecosystems within that will interact with each other or may stay to themselves. And that's, that's my guess about Elementor's play is that they're confident enough in their ecosystem. I'm still stuck up on the Elementor thing. I I don't get it, right? (laughs) Uh, Not to dwell too long on this, but Gutenberg is fantastic. It's been with us for years now, at least a year. And uh, there are more blocks coming out for it all the time. We're about to see a block directory, and we're about to have a really easy way of managing blocks. There are major block plugins from major companies and themes are moving towards this Gutenberg paradigm. Full site editing is coming, which is like this Gutenberg first thing. And I don't understand where Elementor can possibly provide value in all of that. But again, well, I don't use Elementor day to day, and I'm sure lots of people do. And so someone just needs to explain it to me. I'll be open minded. There are millions of dollars worth of perspectives that uh, say otherwise. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, there's a lot of things that we could cover. I'm excited. Plenty of topics we could dig into. Um, We have the advantage of being a very small time podcast. So if you are listening and are interested in any of these particular topics, like I think Luke, you and I, we could dig into these, whether or not people are interested, but it does matter to us if we want to focus on what folks find most interesting. So if any of these topics resonate with you in particular, let us know. Or if none of them, or if you have any other ideas. Yeah, well, I like these ideas, but yes, <laughs> we do welcome other Somebody ideas. might have a better idea than you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Should we call that a wrap? Thanks so much for hanging out, Jonathan. This season has been a blast. I've had lots of fun, and I am looking forward to coming back for season two. When do you think that will be? 2022? <laughs> How about... That sounds pretty good to me. Okay. And if Something we feel then. particularly inspired, we can do so. We can we can do whatever we want, really. Yeah. But we can yeah. break the rules. We can make our own rules, man. Yes. All right. Thanks, Luke. All right. See ya.